Village Resting's Morning Drive at Night, brought to you by Orange Radio. What's up, it's your boy Josh Elson Village Wrestling here with another episode of The Morning Drive at Night, brought to you by Orange Radio. This is a special road trip edition. I drove 33 hours from SF to Baton Rouge. That's right, I did the, we did the Matt Barnes, I drove 30 hours. Um, but instead of hitting someone, um, we got to have two crawfish boils. And last time I was here, we didn't get to have crawfish, it was out of season, so I was bummed, but... I've had more crawfish than I could ever ask for. Um, had amazing boudin from Billy's in Scott, Louisiana. And uh, it's just, it's one of those foods that I dream about, man. Like I, the, from the first time I had boudin, I just, I couldn't wait to come back to Baton Rouge and have more. Um, if you ever have the chance, if you're in Louisiana and you eat pork, 
please get some boudin and get some, some some cracklins. It's a winning combination. I've seen people eat it with crackers. Seen people eat it with mustard. It's it's a perfect food, man. I love it. Um, we also visited New Orleans yesterday. Got to visit some restaurants that I had on my list. Um, but most importantly, we had 33 hours uh, to fill with entertainment or content or whatever you want to call it. So we used that time to listen to a whole bunch of projects that we kind of put off, um, or we used it to like deep dive into things that we're more that we wanted to get more information about. You know, what we wanted to examine. And one of those things is uh, Phoebe Bridgers. I've I I totally forgot about Phoebe in 2017. I mean, I, I listened to Motion Sickness and I loved it, but I think for me, it kind of got washed out from like all the other artists that I was so interested in that broke out during that time. Because during that time in 2017, we had Snail Mail, which I was like bananas for, especially since she was touring the West Coast at the time uh, when I first heard her music. But then the whole class of like Julian Baker and Lucy Dacus uh, and... Uh, soccer mommy and crumb and that whole kind of like female artists class um, just kind of like over had me overlook Phoebe. Um, but when I put it back on when I put motion sickness on the episode on episode two, like 10 weeks ago, it was just perfect timing because that's around the time when, uh, you know, the, the new 2020 album came out. And I really got to just examine or just listen to a lot of Phoebe and, and kind of get in tune with it more. So, yeah, I've just been listening to Phoebe, um, like, in between my phases. Um, but what really what really got me interested was I, I came across this video by um, Brian Kroc, who uh, makes videos on YouTube about music theory. And he had this theory about uh, Phoebe using the... Elliot's what he calls the Elliot Smith chord. Um, and I don't know much about music theory and I'm not going to pretend like I do and like, and like spew shit about music theory to you right here. Um, but here's what I do. I'll play, I'll play some Phoebe songs and then I'll, I'll kind of get into this theory, uh, and share a little bit, but, um, ultimately, uh, I wanted to know why I enjoy her music so much. And uh, it was fun to to kind of like go into that during this road trip. So again, we're going to play Motion Sickness and then we'll get into this Brian Kroc video. Hardly feel anything at heart 
What draws me to Phoebe's music is this feeling of stillness that I feel when I listen to her music. It's this feeling of stillness and dread that I feel like I'm like I'm suspended in when I when I listen to her songs. And then she begins to move me with her open lyrics that are very vulnerable and painful, but put so simply. And it's just something that I've come to enjoy. I, I I love listening to sad music. I like the feeling of being punched in the gut and having like, you know, that rush of blood, you know, or uh, that feeling of like your, your, your hair rising on your arms that you get in goosebumps or like that feeling where your, your heart sinks into your stomach. Um, those are all things that I love about sad music. Um, but Brian is Brian Crock is able to kind of like explain why on a uh, I guess on a music theory level. So he examines a whole bunch of Phoebe songs, but I'm gonna use this section where he talks about Kyoto um, because that's I think that's my ultimate favorite Phoebe song. Um, but yeah, I'll play this section and then we'll, we have a couple more Phoebe songs, um, and it'll tie it'll make sense. It'll tie in together. But yeah, here is a section from Brian Crock's video about Phoebe Bridgers. Let me back up a little bit. Why do they call it a secondary dominant or five of five anyways? Well, secondary dominant is a very literal name. If you're in the key of, say, C major, the dominant chord is the fifth. A fifth higher than C is G. To find the five of the five chord, you simply go up another fifth from G to D. It's truly as simple as that. Ballad of Big Nothing is, in many ways, a precursor to Phoebe Bridger's hit song from last year, Kyoto. They're both up-tempo and upbeat rock songs, but they have a profoundly sad message. Both songs use modal mixture quite a bit, which is another very sad and common device 
between their music, but it's a topic for a whole nother video. In this key, just know that it's a minor four chord instead of or directly after a major four chord. And another commonality between Kyoto and Ballad of Big Nothing is that they both use the Elliott Smith chord judiciously. Remember that a big part of the successful heart achy effect of this chord is to withhold it and only use it sparingly. So let's listen to Kyoto and again see if you can pinpoint or calibrate the exact moment that the song really just fucks you up. This song is in so many ways just like Elliot Smith's Angelus, where a major turning point in the lyrics is accompanied by a fresh new note that doesn't fit in the key signature. Kyoto is in B major, and just like the A minor chord in Angelus, Bridgers emphasizes the C sharp minor chord, or the two minor, as the first chord in the chorus. The lyrics make a proposition. I wanted to see the world. Then I flew over the ocean. Disappointed by what she finds overseas, Phoebe says, and I changed my mind. She emphasizes that moment in the song first by holding out the word mind for three whole measures and by, you guessed it, using the Elliott Smith chord, the secondary dominant, the five of five, the major two, the C sharp major chord. Clearly this woman has studied her Elliott Smith, but also I think there's another influence here. In a video produced by the New York Times, Phoebe's showing the chord progression and she lingers on the Elliott Smith chord and says, That's very Tony too, to throw this in there. <laughs> in reference to producer Tony Berg, who incidentally is the brother of my fiance's godfather. Uh, what a small world. But if you look back at her catalog, it isn't just Tony Berg's influence. She's been using the Elliott Smith chord since the very, very beginning. Listen to a great song called Killer from her first EP, which she made in 2015. Also take notice of how similar this chorus sounds to the chorus of Kyoto. I am sick of the chase, but I'm hungry for blood. You'll definitely notice that this example is slightly different than the rest, because this time, when Phoebe says she's hungry for blood, she plays the first inversion of the secondary dominant chord. That means that the new, fresh note, the F-sharp in the key of C major, the only accidental in the entire progression, is played in the bass. Okay, I get it. I get that it's super heady to add in all that music theory into this radio show, even though I don't really understand music theory all, all that well. But what stuck out to me is that Phoebe and Elliot have such a connection, even beyond the grave. Um, they use the same producer, Tony Berg, and she works with the same musicians that Elliot has worked with on his albums. And she uses his techniques, you know, um, as was described in the video segment that I played earlier. And that got me to think about my life and my connection with the dead. And uh, I've been having trouble 
or difficulties grieving uh, my uncle Chet, who passed away two years ago um, at the age of 36. And uh, I would think about my uncle often, especially when I think about village resting, because he was one of my greatest supporters. And uh, when I get these thoughts, I really don't know what to do with them. I feel like really lost. I feel like like I'm stuck with something and then like I don't know what to do. And so I just try to forget about it. But watching all these Phoebe videos and these interviews has gotten me to think about investing more in my relationship with my uncle, even though he's passed. Like your relationship with someone doesn't end just because they died. I think it's even more opportunity for it to grow, you know, especially since I'm in my uncle's atmosphere, you know, like when I'm around his friends and, you know, my aunts and uncles who, you know, would reminisce about him too. Or, you know, I, I see the car that he bought my grandparents and, you know, I see the TV that he bought my cousins, you know, like it never really leaves you. So it only begs for you to grow a deeper connection with it. And that's what I've gotten to feel with Phoebe's music because she doesn't shy away about writing about death. And she often talks about her pug, Max, that she had for 17 years who passed away. And she makes um, a lot of... She's made dog metaphors in three of her songs. Funeral um, and Garden Song. And uh, what's that Boy Genius song? I'm going to search it up right now. Boy Genius dog song. Oh, it's called My Dog or something like that. Let me see. Oh, yeah, Me and My Dog, you know? And like these songs span between three different albums. Um, so it just goes to show, you know, like you, like just because someone's gone doesn't mean you have to totally... You shouldn't totally forget about them and they can still play such a big role in your life. And um, yeah, that's been totally special for me. So yeah, I'm going to play um, Funeral and Garden Song. Actually, I'm going to flip that. I'm going to play Garden Song and then Funeral and then we'll get into a different segment of the show. Then I knew what I 
Listening to Phoebe's music has not only had me think about my relationship with my uncle, um, but it also got me to think about my relationship with death in general. I feel like I have a super like Western view on death. And I think there's just so many aspects of death um, that doesn't have to be like scary or, or looming or like it doesn't have to be beautiful either. You know, it, it can be many different things. And, and in the interview uh, that she did with MTV, she talks about, you know, her, her skeleton costume. And she talks about how like that, that's kind of that $10 pajama skeleton costume that she wears in all the music videos and stuff is, is like, funny death you know like it's goofy death and she she says like that's how she would she would describe her music is like playful funny death and I think I just need to explore my relationship with death more and not in and it doesn't have to be in a morbid sense you know um so yeah that's kind of like what I thought about as I was listening to Phoebe on this road trip 33 hours so up next is Funeral by Phoebe Bridgers I'm singing at a funeral tomorrow 
for a kid a year older than me And I've been talking to his dad It makes me so sad when I think too much about it I can't breathe And I have this dream where I'm screaming underwater While my friends are waving from the shore Tell me what that means I don't believe in that stuff anymore Jesus Christ, I'm so blue all the time And that's just how I feel Always have and I always will Always have and always will Talk until we think we might just kill ourselves But then we laugh until it disappears And last night I blacked out in my car And I woke up in my childhood bed Wishing I was someone else Feeling sorry for myself when I remembered someone's kid is dead Jesus Christ, I'm so blue all the time And that's just how I feel Always have and I always will I always have and always will Okay, time to bring in some levity with this new segment because that last one was like super heavy. Um, but I'm going to use this segment to talk about one of my favorite albums of 2020, uh, Ephemera by Jimmy Stack, which is a collection of, of Lucy's or throwaways um, and collabs that Jimmy Stack has done over the years that he's released as an EP. And uh, it features some of my favorite artists. But what draws me to this album is because is that it makes me feel like when I when I look into like my photos app and my iPhone has like made like a highlight reel uh, of whatever random photos it wants to pick. And it just, yeah, it feels like a highlight reel with my friends. And that's what this album feels like 
with all the features with Empress of and Octavian and Casey Hill and Bon Iver is that like he's really just like making music with his friends and it's like fun and and I think I've just been missing a lot of like that kind energy that I get when I hang out with my friends or you know that that just happy feeling that you just get when you reminisce and you look at old photos like all the songs kind of make me feel that way. Uh, so I'm going to be playing four songs from the album. And then after, I'm going to throw in some uh, some songs that I've been listening to on the road trip. Um, but yeah, this is the last time you're going to hear me talk on this episode because I got to go hang out with some family pretty soon. Um, but yeah, I'm going to play this album. And if you like, like, please check it out. I really like this album. It's only nine songs. You You can zoom right past it. Um, or right through it, rather. Um, but yeah, here's four songs off of Ephemera. Dreaming about, what you think about? 
I'm gonna talk again. I have 20 minutes left to go in this episode, so I'm kind of I'm gonna do a little cheat code and play a 20 minute song. <laughs> um, earlier this year, uh, Vampire Weekend commissioned um, Goose, the jam band from Connecticut, and Sam Gendel, a jazz artist, to reimagine their song 2021 and do a 20 minute, 21 second version of the song. So I'm going to play the Sam Gendel version, which is very, like, surreal, like, abstract version of the song. It's, I, I, there's so many different levels to the song. And I'm pretty sure the full copy and paste it one segment. Because <laughs> 20 minutes is a lot to fill up. But this, I've, I've been playing uh, both versions of the song. The Goose version and the Sam Gendel version of, the, of 2021 uh, throughout my trip. Just because it's easy to listen to and... It's 40 minutes and 42 seconds, you know, so it's a quick way to burn that time. So I'll play the Sam Gendel version, and I will see you next month on the first Thursday. Uh, and in the meantime, do something nice. See you.
along with this to let you know that they all work together when you put them together. And as long as you 